Yes, hello everybody and welcome back to the Wild Card Rewind. It's Mags here with Hannah. No Paul this week. He's too lazy, can't be bothered. So we are going to rewind some of the big free agency moves and we're going to fast forward and look at the players who are still free agents that can make a difference in the NFL. Let's go. I just want to rewind when we were young Here we are, the best two members of the Wildcard Rewind crew. It's Mags and Hannah. Hannah, good to see you again, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Great to see you, Mags. As usual, Paul says he can't make it because he's working, but do we believe him? Not a jot. He's clearly having fun in the sun or something, isn't he? But great to see you, Mags, and I see your dedication to the show anyway. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Paul's got Factor 50 slapped in that dome and he's sitting out in his garden just, yeah, just doing nothing probably, right? But we're we're working hard, Hannah, and, and we're talking about some of the big free agency moves that happened this year. And then there's a couple of guys that are still free agents who we might see appear on a team pretty soon, maybe in the next couple of weeks for sure. And we're just going to roll through what we think about the impact that's going to have on the season next year. So... Uh, before we do that, remember, wherever you're listening on this, you know, like, thumbs up, comment, whatever you want. Just just let us know you're listening. That would be absolutely perfect. So here we go. We're going to start off with, you know, the biggest. Uh, we were kind of chatting before the show, Hannah. We were like, this. he was a free agent, right? It was Lamar Jackson. He, was, he didn't sign anything. We're saying it's close enough to being a free agent that we can talk about him, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it took up pretty much all the conversation for most of the early off-season, didn't it? So I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Lamar and his situation. You know, ultimately, he ended up signing back with the Ravens, didn't he? Um, you know, I at first, I, I actually was quite convinced that he wasn't going to go back. You know, yeah. I, I just had a feeling that that relationship was just not kind of right and I, I thought potentially it was fractured to kind of be on repair we knew that Lamar or we'd heard we didn't know obviously but we'd heard that Lamar was demanding a fully guaranteed contract and we had a feeling that the Ravens just would not want to give that so they were kind of at this impasse and I think yeah. the difficulty is that when a player is doing his own kind of negotiations I think there's always a risk there that you know, you're going to hurt kind of the relationship even further because obviously Lamar yeah. thinks I'm I'm worth this. The team thinks Lamar is worth something else, you know, and then they're kind of having these discussions face to face. So ultimately, potentially Lamar could then start to feel a bit more grieved and then obviously things get worse. So I thought ultimately in the end he would he would go. They would trade him. You know, he'd sign the tag and, and they would trade him or he would find somewhere to go. Ultimately, we know that that was not the case. Despite him kind of having the opportunity to speak with other teams, it doesn't seem like anybody else showed any significant interest, which I am really surprised at because Lamar is one of the elite talents in the NFL. You know, we yeah. do know that. We've seen that from his game. He was an MVP. I just can't believe people weren't more interested. 
But I think obviously the risk was that the Ravens were going to just say, right, if you're offering this, we're going to offer higher and, you know, we'll take it back. So I think part of it was we don't want to kind of do all this negotiation and then the Ravens just swoop in and keep them anyway. And I think the other thing was the kind of weariness of, you know, being a bit wary that we know that Lamar is kind of his own agent and that he'd been having difficulties with the Ravens, would that then play out with other teams? So I think ultimately they just kind of decided to stay away, which I was surprised about. Um, so in the end, I, I think this is kind of the resolution that ultimately we expected based on the interest that he got from other teams. I think the Jalen Hurts deal really helped the Ravens because... Mm. He saw what Jalen Hurts got, and I think at that point Lamar realised that he's probably not going to get a fully guaranteed contract from anywhere. So he went, okay, you know, I'll take, you know, what you offered before, you know, and a little bit more, so that I am the highest paid QB at this point in time. And he went with it. And I yeah. think, to be fair, good on Lamar. I thought that he was not going to shift. I thought he was going to be saying fully guaranteed or or nothing, and he didn't. He compromised. So. I, I'm I'm impressed with him doing that because I say I wasn't sure that he was going to. So I obviously being an AFC North uh, competitor fan didn't didn't want him at the Ravens anymore. I wanted him gone, but obviously he stayed. And you know, at the end, I, I think it probably was for the best for everyone. The one thing I would love to have seen though would have been him on the Atlanta Falcons. I think that would have just yeah. been. So fun like I would have loved that but you know ultimately I think this is probably the best outcome for everyone what did you think about it Mags yeah I'm so glad you mentioned the Atlanta Falcons because for like a week I was convinced that was going to happen I'm like that would be so cool like just I thought everything just fit it's like I could see him in the uniform I could see it like I, the whole thing I can visualize it but yeah you're right he he did something that you know he maybe could have done a while ago. Maybe he was waiting to see what the Jalen Hurts contract looked like. I mean, the last point of reference he had was that absolutely ridiculous Deshaun Watson contract that he got. So maybe he's thinking, well, I want what Deshaun got, you know, that kind of like huge over-the-top offer. But yeah, the Jalen Hurts deal, I think that's a really good point, actually. That probably set things into perspective for him a little bit. I just don't know, like, would he have got a better deal if he did have an agent or would it be different i'm not sure he got himself a better deal by himself than an agent would have got him anyway like i'm not sure if this is the future like path players want to take because whenever you're sitting like agents are there to be the buffer between you know the organization and the player the organization can say things to the agents that they don't necessarily want to say to the player and the agent can then soften the blow it's very hard whenever you have your employer saying you don't deserve a pay rise right to your face, right? That, that's a tricky thing for anyone to stomach. And it must have been hard for Lamar like to, to swallow a lot of that and to come back to the negotiation table time after time after time. So my hat's off to him for doing that because he got a good deal. But Hannah, do you think that the agent would have made a difference in the end? My suspicion is that he might have got the deal done earlier. So I think we might have yeah. seen him getting a deal last year or the year before versus... Mm -hmm now so I think he ultimately although he's got a great deal I do think he has lost some money because he's done it two mm -hmm. years later than he probably should have now you know we may well then say oh well the contract would not be as high as it is because obviously each year the QB contracts have got higher and higher and higher but yeah. I'm sure that with a you know having an agent he may well have been able to have come back to the table next year 
you know, negotiate a fresh deal. So yeah. I do think ultimately he has lost a little bit of money just because of how long it's taken him to get that deal done. But, you know, good on him, he got it done and obviously he keeps all of the money for himself, which ultimately I assume that is why he wanted to do that. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, he got I'd it done so. in the end. You know, good for him. Not so good for my Bengals because he stays in the FC North, but... Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll see a new look, Lamar, this year with this new offensive coordinator, or do you think it's going to be legs first, throw second? I don't know. I, I think they are going to want to try and get him throwing more. I do, because ultimately, you know, as these rushing QBs age, you know, in the NFL, their rushing abilities do wane. Like, we we have seen yeah. it with other rushing QBs. So to, to have longevity in the NFL, you do need to be able to be you know, a passer in this league. I'm not saying Lamar can't, you know, he, he can, and we've, he's shown that he can, but I think he just needs to do it more frequently than he has been so far. You know, he needs to be doing that and doing it regularly and confidently so that when his rushing ability ultimately does wane, then he has that and he can still have that longevity in the NFL. So I think they're going to start to want to throw more. Um, I think they'll still use his legs. Look, it, it's still one of his qualities. Why would you stop doing that? But I think they just want to maybe bring it a bit more, you know, in line with, you know, other kind of dual quad, you know, threat QBs kind of thing. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think they got to. Like, just, you cannot pay Lamar all that money and then he gets injured again. Like, you have to protect him a little bit more because that's, that's been his thing, right? He was hurt last year. He was, he was hurt the year before as well, right? He was. Mm. He just. You just cannot risk him, you know, taking these big hits, and he's not getting any younger. And I mean, that's probably why I wanted the guarantee as well, right? Because maybe that's how he wants to play. It's like, give me the guaranteed money, because even he knows that he's maybe susceptible to to a couple of injuries just with his his playing style. But I think you're right. They have to do it. People forget, like that MVP year, he threw a ton of touchdowns as well in that MVP year, I know not a lot of them sort of air raid long bombs, but still the guy can throw. And, you know, you see people on, on, on Twitter, mostly, mostly Ravens fans being like, Oh, but if you eliminate this part of the game, he's got a passer reading of 110. And it's like, okay, like he can do it, but we've not seen him sort of consistently, you know, go to that throw first. So it'd be interesting to see what it is like next year for sure. And, He's got the weapons now that you can't you can't say he doesn't know. They've brought in, you know, rookies. They've brought in a guy we'll talk about very soon, one of the free agents. And he's obviously got Rashad Bateman there, who's criminally underrated. So this is a big year for Lamar. I think he'll do just fine, unfortunately, for, for your Bengals, Anna. Just really quickly, Max, before we move on, which teams were you surprised that did not show any interest in Lamar? Oh, I mean, the the Cardinals, right, Hannah, for sure. Like, those guys really need a new quarterback. <laughs> um, no, that's actually a really good question because the Falcons was the big one, right? The Falcons were, like, the guys that were, were really showing some interest. I've seen a couple of people, but, again, it might have just been on, on Twitter, people, like, Photoshopping Lamar into a Vikings uniform. Like, okay, that's interesting. But, but what, like, half the, half the teams in the NFL – could use Lamar Jackson, right? So I'm surprised we didn't see half the teams in the NFL really going out and, and trying to pick him up. Like, I suppose the Colts could have taken him, right? That would have been a landing spot he could have went to. Even the 49ers, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they, like, tried to go for it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that 
the Falcons were the only one that stood out. Was there anyone for you that you thought they should have made more of an effort? I was a bit surprised at the Commanders. Now, I yeah. think that the kind of I think probably the issue with them was obviously you know we know that they're in the middle of selling it. There was no new owners in place. You know, I think if you were going to get him as an external team, you were going to have to offer him that fully guaranteed contract. Yeah. Um, and you know maybe they just weren't in that position to do that, but. The thing with the commanders is I actually think on that offense, probably all they really need is a QB. And so, like, he would have been that piece, you know, to get in the playoffs, certainly, you know, I think he would really have been that final piece. Now, you know, we know that, as I say, there's a lot of dysfunction around the organization and that's probably why they didn't. But I think they potentially did miss out there because, you know, we know they're rolling in with, you know... It's not Sam, Sam, Howell. Sam Howell, and they've got Jacoby Brissett there as well, maybe. Exactly. Like you know, and you know, years and years and years they've been kind of rolling with a different QB every year, you know, and you'd finally be set with Lamar, and Lamar would bring in people to come and watch, you know, it'd be so exciting for them. So I was surprised, but yeah, I think ultimately it's probably to do with the sale of the of the team and things, but I think he would have really, you know, yeah, made that team much much better so i bet that all those commanders fans like really regret bad mouth and kirk cousins so much now because they could really really use it <laughs> yeah they would have him yeah. back in a heartbeat i think they could have him back next year if they want oh that's interesting i don't i don't know if he'd, he'd take them up on that i think yeah. he'll yeah i wouldn't if i were him anyway so that's that's um lamar jackson obviously the big free agent there were a real shortage of big free agent wide receivers this year. So much to the point that we've only really got two to talk about. One of them isn't Alan Lazard. Being Aaron Rodgers' friend doesn't count, right? That's why he signed for the Jets, because he's friends with, with Aaron Rodgers. He actually got more money than this guy we're going to talk about, Juju Smith-Schuster, getting $11 million less than Alan Lazard, because he's not as good of friends with Mac Jones as Lazard is with Aaron Rodgers. So... Juju Smith-Schuster goes to the New England Patriots. Anything to say about this one, Hannah? I was kind of like, all right, Juju's just going to take the most money he can, and I guess he's he's got a Super Bowl ring, so he's happy just to do whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not sure that I'd be wanting to be going to the Patriots, but he obviously, like you say, he's got the ring. He probably doesn't care anymore. To me, it seems just a bit like a one-for-one replacement, but probably not even as good a replacement for Jacoby Myers. Like, if yeah. I was the Patriots, I probably would have kept Jacoby Myers rather than bringing in Juju, but they obviously had their reasons for doing that. Because I think, ultimately, they got paid pretty much the same, didn't they? I don't think they saved anything by taking Juju. No. So, so. yeah, you know, we know we all know what Juju is now. Like he'll be fine. He will catch some passes, but I don't know that that offense just doesn't excite me at the moment. You know, I think they had a terrible year last year. Now, you know, different offensive coordinator this year might make a bit better, but really, it was Juju enough of an upgrade in that wide receiver room because he was like the only guy new in, right? Yeah. Just I can't see where the excitement is or anything in that offense to be honest yeah i was confused by it as well it's like i can't see bill belichick loving juju smith schuster filming his tiktok dances before a game i can't see go bill being too pleased with that and then 
you got Keyshawn Butte and his sex parties in the other room. Like, what's going on over at New England? Is is Bill Belichick letting his hair down, Hannah? Never. Never. <laughs> no. Maybe we'll see him on TikTok next year doing a wee dance with Juju on, on whoever his team's oh, logo I would, is. I would totally love that. That would be absolutely amazing. But yeah, I would I've never seen it happen, but love would love it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think mean, Juju. Is there much more to say on that? Man. Not really. He he'll actually on the field. He's a guy that that does his job and you know doesn't do too much outside of it. So I think actually in the Belichick system, he'll he'll be fine. He'll be trusted. He'll slot right in. But he's not going to be someone we'll talk about. How about this? I'd be shocked if he's one of our rewind moments of the of the week next year. I think that's that's going to be very unlikely unless it's a particularly good TikTok dance. I was going to say. He'll do a dance or get beaten by someone on the defense like he did when he played at my Bengals the other year. It's hilarious. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. He's yeah, he's not too much to talk about him. So let's let's move on. And we've got uh next a big signing for for the 49ers, I think, actually. A sneaky kind of good signing. They signed Javon Hargrave from the Philadelphia Eagles. Because you know, the 49ers didn't have enough in that department already, Hannah, right? Yeah, wow. I mean that D-line is going to be scary. Yeah. I mean, I think certainly on defence, going all out, right? They know yeah. to get to the Super Bowl, they have to get past the Eagles. And what they're going to do, they're going to build on that D-line and they're going to try and just stop them. Whether it's going to work or not, yet to be seen. And obviously that offence has quite a lot of question marks, mainly at the quarterback spot. But wow, uh, to be honest, I'm, I was... I was really surprised that they signed him, to be honest, because mm. that D-line already has <clears throat> quite a bit of juice and it's going to be quite expensive because Nick Bosa is due a massive contract, isn't he? He's not been given it yet, has he? Next, I think next year, yeah. He'll be the um, next year. So things are going to get expensive really quickly, so I was actually quite surprised mm -hmm. that they did it. But, you know, if you can, why not, you know? juice up that D line, get it, you know, as crazy as you, you want it to be and go for yeah. it. Like that defense is is just gonna be scary, isn't it? Really scary. Absolutely. Do you think there's anything in it that they're like, right, the Eagles are our main rivals here, obviously. We bring in a guy like Hargrave, can he give us like little things mm -hmm. here and there to help us beat the Eagles? Or is that reading into it too much? But, well, why not? Why not? I mean, the thing is, he's a great player, isn't he? I suspect they brought him in because yeah. he's a great player. But it helps, doesn't it? You know, he'll know what that offence does and he can hopefully give them reads and things so that they can hopefully pin them back rather than giving them the opportunity to go. I think I think similar with the 49ers when they've got a QB, but there's just so many weapons on that um, Eagles offence that... I think no matter what you do, it is going to be tough to stop them just because there's so many places that the ball can go. But, yeah. you know, it's worth trying, right? Yeah, even if it's just little hand signals or just the way Jalen Hurts is standing or just little calls he might recognise, he might be able to guide people around and, and almost be like the quarterback. I know the centre is usually that, right? But like almost be like the the quarterback on the on the defensive uh, side of it as well. Not the central, what am I talking about? Like some of the, the central linebacker a lot of the time, sorry, middle linebacker. Um, but I think Hargrave might be able to do that for, for the 49ers next year, only against the Eagles, who, let's be honest, they're probably going to end up playing anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just really, I'm really intrigued about this Niners 
team next year, to be honest. Like, obviously, we know that that defence is, is juiced up. Although they did lose some free agents this season. Um, just that, that QB question mark for me is, is going to be a massive thing. Like, are they going to get good enough quarterback play between the three guys, whoever ends up playing, that will keep them in contention? You know, we know that defence is going to do its job, but will the offence do enough to, to get them those wins is my question mark there. Yeah, we never even talk, spoke about free agent signing Sam Darnold, right? That's um, yeah, that's yeah. a real. That's a really important one. I can't believe you forgot. I know. I I wouldn't even. I wouldn't be shocked if like you hear like Shanahan saying Shanahan's like he's the best arm talent I've ever coached. Like shut up, Kyle. Like no, like no, like stop teasing everybody with like he can't start all three. Like stop teasing us all. So. New question. Obviously, we're moving a little bit off Javon Hargrave. Sorry, Javon. It's great signing. Look there. But anyway, in terms of quarterbacks, if um, Brock Purdy is not ready for the start of the season, who do you think is going to be the start starter? Uh, Trey Lance, maybe. I don't know. It's Trey Lance. Yeah, but maybe for t- but maybe for two games, and then Sam Darnold will take over. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I genuinely think they have just totally gone off him. Do you think it's too late to trade him? Um, I'd have thought that if there was interest, they would have seen it by now. Me too. But, you know, you never know what might happen. You know, a QB goes down or something like that, and they go, right, you know, we'll just take a punt and go for it. But <clears throat> I can't imagine they're going to get a lot for him. This is a problem. Sorry. No, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think so. Because he's, he's not... Like, he's barely it. played. He's had injury. Like, I just don't see why anybody would spend up very much capital for him. Like, really, I think if they want to trade him and they think he's okay, then they, they do need to get him on the field so people can see what he's like and then obviously trade for him. So maybe they will get him on. But obviously, if they're like, oh, he's rubbish, you know... They they want to win. They're not going to put him yeah. on the field if they don't think he's good enough. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, speak speaking of winners, let's move on to last year's Super Bowl championship winner. That's Orlando Brown Jr., who's now a member of your Bengals hat. I cannot believe he did that. Wow, what a, what a bold, dirty move from Orlando Brown, but also a hell of a good move for your Bengals, right? What a turncoat. How dare he leave the Chiefs for the bitter rivals, the Bengals. Exactly. How dare he? Yes. Yeah, I mean, for us, it, it is a massive upgrade for our left tackle position. Um, you know, I know that he's not like the number one left tackle in the league, and maybe you might say he's not in the top five, but look, he's a really damn good left tackle, I think. You know, he has yep. his his shortcomings and we you know we know that but he is the best left tackle that we have had for a long long time so I'm just really excited to be honest like um Jonah Williams our left tackle he had a down year last year I mean he was playing through injury but you know he's okay but he's not great and you know we we've seen with the whole of the offensive line problems chronicled over the last two years and to be honest they are the reason we didn't win the Super Bowl and probably we didn't beat yeah. you um, in the championship game. You know, first time it was just our O-line was terrible. I'm amazed we even made it that far with what we had. And obviously we had loads of injuries last year. 
So I'm just really excited that he's there and like our best five on the field this year is going to be better than any five we've ever put on the field for the past three years of Joe Burrow's tenure. And I'm just, Joe Burrow likes to get out, get the ball out quick anyway, but just having that little bit of extra time, I think is going to be a massive help for him, you know, let things develop, let Jamar get down the field a bit more and stuff. I'm just excited to have him, to be honest. And as I say, I know people are going to say, oh, he's not that great. No, no, no. But, you know, he's he's great to us. Happy is there. Really pleased. Do you, do you think he's worth it? What was it? The, I've got, I don't know if this is exactly right, but I've got it up here that he's on, it looks like a $64 million contract. Do you, well, left tackle is, is hard, though, right? You need a left tackle, right? So that's obviously driven up, but the thing is, I actually think they got him at a pretty good deal. Like, ultimately, yeah. the Chiefs paid more to your guy that you got from Jacksonville, who's now going to be your right tackle. They paid him more yeah, than Juwan, we paid yeah, Orlando Taylor. Brown. Yeah, I don't I yeah. understand what the Chiefs did there, Mags. I don't understand. Neither do I. I. I'm slightly confused by that as well, actually, because... The big thing about Orlando Brown leaving, at least in, inside the, the Chiefs' trenches, was he was asking for too much money. And then you see the contract he's had with the Bengals. I'm like, but that's not too much more than what he was on, to be honest. Like, Yeah, this is what I didn't understand that because I was super, I was really surprised when he signed with us because we just do not give out these super duper mega contracts. Like, it's just not what the Bengals do. And then when yeah. you look at the deal, actually, it's really reasonable. He's like paid being paid the 10th best left tackle, you know, uh, in terms of salary, which I think is very reasonable. Yeah, I think what probably happened is that he tried to get too much from Kansas City. Kansas City said, no, we'll give you this. He said, no, I don't want it. And then I think he just basically misread his market. So basically, yeah. the producer went, right, we're not paying you that. We're going to move on and then gave a load of money to I still can't remember his name, but the Jacksonville right tackle. Is that Juwan, um, Juwan Taylor? Is he called? Oh, that was Taylor. it. Yeah, Juwan yeah. Taylor. So then ultimately, Orlando had no choice but had to move on. Yeah. And then you know he was like, right, if I'm not going to get the money that I want, I want to go somewhere where potentially is a contender. So I think ultimately that's where it came from. And he, you know, he hasn't got the money that he wanted. And I, yeah, I think that was a bit of an error on his part ultimately. Um, in terms of reading the market and what money he was going to get. So yeah. benefit for us, but I think ultimately he did miss out on, a little bit on money there. I do wonder if he burned a bridge a little bit with the Chiefs as well, actually, because pretty much as soon as he walked in the door, there was talk about him wanting a new contract. And it's like you haven't even, like even before he played a snap for the Chiefs, there was talk about him wanting, you know, a little bit extra money here. But So he is, you know, all about making money and fair enough. I mean, you're only a professional athlete in the NFL for like, what, five years? For the, like, the average career is under a year, right, in the NFL if you put everyone together. So can't blame him, but he's maybe, you know, tried a few too many times with the Chiefs and, yeah, ended up going to the damn Bengals. So I think he'll he'll improve. Did you did you keep your, your Ludini guy as well? Is he still a boy? Yes, yeah. So I think, I'm, yeah, I'm, everybody, all of the coaching staff stayed which quite a few of them had, uh, you know, uh, different kind of, uh, well, I can't think of the word. They went to try and get jobs. Interview. Oh, yeah, they were like interviews. Yeah, they had yeah. loads of interviews. And Lou Dini was like the last two for the Arizona job. I bet he's really thanking God he didn't get that job. But um, yeah. he was one of the last two, but he didn't get it. So everybody comes back. 
And then obviously we've we've got quite a few changes on the defence, which might set us back a little bit. But yeah, I'm just really generally pretty pleased. I think we're reasonably deep this year. So tight end, we can't afford to lose any tight ends. But apart from that. Got my boy Irv Smith Jr. there, right? Yeah, who's always injured. So that's true. Yeah. yeah. He's he's he was a long time dynasty my guy still is but you know i'm no longer president of the r swift junior fan club he's hurt me too much so i'm just i'm, a, I'm still a card carrying member but not not president anymore he, your cards might come come this year because we know that joe burrow always likes to make a random tight end fantasy relevant so yeah here we go could be him who knows? So let's yeah, let's move on from that trader, Orlando Brown, and we'll 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 move to massive signing for the Lions. The Lions did a great job. Obviously, the the official team of the Wildcard Rewind, the the Lions, they've got Chauncey, CJ Gardner, Johnson in at safety for them. What a great signing! Like, I bet the Eagles really wanted to to have him back, but obviously they they can't sign everybody under the sun. So the Lions, we talked about it last year. If they could sort out their defense, they'll really be a force to be reckoned with, especially in that secondary. There's not too many better they could have signed than Gardner Johnson. No, I think I think this is really fortuitous for them. I think this is another mistake that Gardner Johnson made because I think he was asking for too much from the Eagles, who said, "Look, we yeah. can't afford. You know, we have X amount of money." We can't afford to give you that. And I think it was, you know, nothing. It wasn't crazy, crazy. But, you know, he yeah. was asking for it. Oh, they were offering, I don't know, a set amount of money. And he said, no, I want more. Mm-hmm. And so he tested the open market, which ultimately what he was going to get was much less than what the Eagles offered. So he went back and, and said, yes, I would like to take it. And then, oh, sorry, you know, we've we've now, you know, allotted that money to other positions. Yeah. So, Ultimately, they kept um, the cornerback, uh, Bradbury, um, instead, yep. I think. I think ultimately it was Garden Johnson or Bradbury. And, you know, because they couldn't get anything done with Gardner Johnson, they just kind of flipped and went with Bradbury. And so ultimately, yep. Gardner Johnson had to take a, a lesser deal. So I think, again, I think that was unfortunately an error from his part, but certainly something that the Lions could take advantage of. The thing that I find with, weird with the Lions this offseason is they seem to like accrue many, many defensive backs this offseason. Yeah. They seem to be kind of coming out of the rears now. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to or where they're going to put everyone. I'm know. wondering if they've done that because that's what the Chiefs did last year. We just drafted and took in a hell of a lot of, of DBs. And then it was kind of like law of averages. It's like some of these guys are going to be good, probably. Like that was a real position of need, so we just drafted. I think last year's draft, like four, maybe even five, if you caught like who was breaking a free agency, like, and then it was just law of averages. Like one of these guys has to come up good, and thankfully, you know, two or three of them did. Maybe that's what the Lions are thinking. I don't really know, but it is a position of need for them. So why not? Not all these guys are going to make the roster, though. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, he's on a one-year deal. I can't imagine him signing with them again unless they put their hands in their pocket. So I suspect he'll be on a bit of like a prove-it deal in which then next year he's going to want to get in a load more money. So I suspect he'll be there for a year and then he'll move on. But he'll be really useful in the locker room for the younger guys that are coming in and hopefully they can kind of build them in. And then, obviously, Carter Johnson moves on and they put in their rookies 
then in in that spot kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely, but definitely a great piece. Lions, Lions looking good, by the way. I think I'll really like what I see with with the Detroit Lions. I, I think they're playoff bound next year. Hannah, what do you think? I do. I, I do really like what I'm seeing, but I'm a, I just feel a little bit nervous that maybe like everyone's hyping them up so much, like yeah. that maybe they're just not going to quite meet expectations. They're going to start slow or something. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not quite, maybe it's because I'm a lifelong Bengals fan and, you know, <laughs> we've had those kind of hopes for a number of years and, and nothing ever came to fruition. So I'm always a bit cautious, but, you know, I, I'm excited to see what, what they do, for sure. Or is it just in their DNA to lose by three or less every week? <laughs> just, it just exactly. never works out. Difficult to wash that out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm I'm on Team, team Lions too, until they come up against someone like the Chiefs or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll be that'll be a very interesting matchup, actually. Can't wait for that. Uh, so, yeah, Gordon Johnson, great signing for the Lions. And the, the wide receiver we kind of teased talking about earlier, Odell Beckham Jr. finally signing for a team. It was much rumoured last year, nothing coming up. He eventually goes to join Lamar Jackson at the Baltimore Ravens. It's a funny one, right? Like, the Ravens is a wide receiver graveyard let's say it like it is obj reaching that age is this just his final resting place or are we going to see obj like have another resurgence like he did for the rams and in in that last playoff stretch yeah it's difficult isn't it because he now has no knees basically you know um we did see him play like still really pretty well for the rams so you know, I think potentially could have it in him, but obviously hasn't played for a year. He's now torn two ACL, so he is going to be slower. I think they're going to need to scheme him better. You know, I don't think yeah. he's going to be able to just use his talent anymore to get open and get those balls. Like they're going to have to scheme him in there. Um, so I'm not sure. I don't know. I really don't know what he's going to do. But I yeah. think more than anything, he's going to be a veteran presence in that room. Like that wide receiver room is really young. Um, yeah. You know, Rashad Bateman is probably like the oldest wide receiver that's going to be on the field, most likely. You know, like we know yeah. we've got the Devin Duvernay's and whatever, and they're probably a bit older, but you know, they're not consistent players. Zay Flowers has only just come in, so I think he's going to be a really great veteran presence for those younger players, you know, and help them kind of get to grips with the NFL. So I think, in that respect, I think it's a really great signing. As I say, I just don't know how much juice he's going to have left in yeah. him like I think he still kind of his name precedes him you know and people are still in awe of him because of his name and what he did you know earlier in his career um and I'm, I'm just I don't know I, I can't decide what I think he's going to do to be honest yeah I'm the exact same I don't know what kind of OBJ I think what's probably going to happen is overall it'll be a bit of a disappointment but we'll see flashes like we talked about Juju earlier, and I was like, "There's not a chance he's going to appear in our wild card rewind moment of the week." There's a chance that Odell Beckham Jr. could roll back the clock and appear on a couple of those highlights. It's you know, can Lamar Jackson go from a guy being told not really to throw to you know sustaining Mark Andrews, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, and Rashad Bateman, and you know maybe J.K. Dobbins gets involved with the passing game a little bit more. I don't know. I think that's such a huge 
thing to expect of Lamar. I know he's very talented, but one of these guys is going to be completely like irrelevant and it might end up being OBJ just because of his age, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you say, I think we'll see bits and bobs of him, but I just, he's not going to be that wide receiver one commanding all of the targets, is he? Like, I just, I think those kind of days are over. Um, And as I say, I think they're going to need to scheme him up, which I think they will do because, you know, it's OBJ. He's going to want to get the ball every now and again. So I think they they will try and scheme him in there. And I think we'll see flashes of him. But I think with with no knees now, you know, he's not going to be able to rely on his talents much anymore. Yeah, it would be, you know, incredibly stupid for a team to have a wide receiver one that commands those targets and, like, just get rid of them, right, Anna? That would be a real, like, bonehead move to do. So let's move on to our next player who's still a free agent. It's DeAndre Hopkins, who's freshly been released from Paul's own Arizona Cardinals. What the hell are they doing, Hannah? Why could you just release DeAndre Hopkins? Are they just doing it trying to be nice? Because nice guys finish last in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's when I first saw that they just released him, I was like, this is crazy. Like, why would you get nothing for him? Yeah. But by the sounds of it, they have been trying to get something for him and nobody wanted. I think the issue is his contract, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think there's many teams at, at this stage of the offseason that have the space to take that massive contract. And I think ultimately they had to make the decision, do we carry him you know, this season? And I think ultimately then also have some sort of dead cap going into 2024. Or do we mm. just say, right, let's cut our losses and, you know, we take all the hit this year and we're a clean slate next year, you know? They know that they're going to be terrible this year. Like, yeah. Kyle, I think if Kyler hadn't had his injury, they probably would have had a bit of a different kind of outlook. I think potentially, mm-hmm. but I think I think Kyler's injury has given them an opportunity to just be like, "Look, we're going to be terrible this year, so let's yeah. just behave as if we're going to be terrible. Release all of these expensive players. Let's accrue loads of draft picks. You know, we're going to be high up in the draft next year." we can then start to kind of reset our roster. The problem was that so many of, especially on the defense, so many players were aging out. And the younger players, mm. they didn't have many that were coming through that were going to be like really valuable starters. So I think they ha- they're like, right, this is an opportunity to do a hard reset. I think if Kyla had not been injured, they probably would have done a bit of a soft reset. And I do wonder whether they would have kept D-Hop. But because Kyler is injured, I mean, I, I get it. Like, what is the point? I think it's a massive shame for them to have not been able to get anything for him and just to yeah. release him. But, you know, I, I can kind of see it from like a cap hit space kind of thing and just say, look, let's cut our losses. We'll we'll eat all of the dead hit money this year and then we'll start again next season. So I guess then the question is, where do we think he's going to go? So what do you think, Mags, realistically? Where would you like him to go? Which already I know what you're going to say, but where do you think he is going to end up? If you look at the Vegas odds, there are two teams way, way, way out in front as the favourites to sign him, both of the same odds. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Those are the two like prime favourites to sign DeAndre Hopkins. The problem is you have to get inside of DeAndre Hopkins's head. Why is he signing for a team here? If he's signing 
because he wants to get paid. He's not going to either of those teams. There's not enough money to pay him. It just maybe you could work some cap magic. I don't know, but the Chiefs have got almost no money left. Like the, that Joan Taylor deal was big. Couple of reshuffling deals. Maybe you can tweak Patrick Mahomes' deal a little bit. Who knows? I think he would do that for DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, realistically, if he's looking to get paid, the Cleveland Browns have a bit of money, I think, right? He could reunite with Deshaun Watson. They can move things around with Watson's contract. That could be an interesting landing spot. I don't really... I just, I just, I think at the end of the day, he's going to go to Kansas City or Buffalo, and I really, really, really don't want him to go to Buffalo. <laughs> that would just be slightly terrifying work. Where do you think he'll end up? Yeah, at this point, I, I like you say, I just don't know because I, if I was him or like I can imagine him looking at OBJ and saying, right, this guy has no knees, you know, and he's being yeah. paid, is it like 12 million? No, 15 million, which can be 18, yeah. like quite a lot of money. Like this guy, you know, is clearly not, you know, as talented as I am anymore because of his injury. So if he's yeah. getting paid that, paid that, then I want to get paid that. And if, if I think if he says that, then this is where the Bills and the Chiefs are in trouble. But like you say, maybe he says, oh, you know, I would really like to go to the Chiefs or the Bills. I will take less money. But then I would potentially have thought, or maybe he, did, he didn't want to help the Cardinals. Maybe that's what it was. But, you know, if they've shown interest, you'd have thought then he would say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll rework my contract or whatever. But by the sounds of it, he was not keen to do that. So that yeah. makes me think that he wants the money, which then makes me think that actually the Chiefs and the Bills might be a difficult, you know, place. Do you know where I think he would be really fun to go? And again, I don't know how realistic it is because... I don't know what cap space they've got left, but how fun would he be on the Lions? Yeah. Like, you know, we know that Williams, you know, he's banned for, for six games. They're kind of in need for another wide receiver, and I think he would be really good fun on there. So I think, it, you know, a dark horse team that I think it would, would be good for him to go for this season, I think would, would be the Lions, but whether they're interested or not, I don't know. I seen I seen Dallas Cowboys mentioned as well. I'm like, oh, oh no, like CD Lamb, Andre under Hopkins. Don't no, that's too much for me. I don't like yeah. that. It's too yeah. But then the Cowboys will will be Cowboys and, and mess oh, up. They'll again. do what, what they want, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah no. They, yeah, he's. Don't you fancy that? No, wherever he goes, like he's going to be awesome. I think New England have quite a lot of cap space. That would be just that would be the worst one, right? That'll yeah, but he's not gonna he's not gonna go back with um Bill O'Brien. Yes. Yes. yes, surely, surely not. I don't know. No. Maybe they can, you know, mend their bridges there, but I can't imagine that happening. I mean no. the Patriots really need someone, don't they? And I think he would be <clears throat> really useful on there. But yeah, I just think with the history, I can't see that happening. Go go anywhere. I can't. I can't. I mean, checking my phone every now and again just to just to see what where he is. He's still still nowhere. But hopefully, fingers crossed for not Buffalo. So we'll clip this in a week when he's he's holding up that jersey. And um, so we'll we'll move on from from D Hop and we'll we'll have a look at this. There's a ton of talent on the edge that's still available now. A lot of these guys are older guys, but still guys who I think can come into a team and do a really good job. People like. Frank Clark, Leonard Floyd, Jadavian Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Carlos Dunlap, of course, of ones of the Chiefs and the Bengals. We got Robert Quinn, Kyle Van Noy, 
Yannick Ngakwe. Like we've got loads of great talent that's still available out there at Edge. Is there anyone of those guys that stands out as they're still there's still a bit of juice left in the tank for them to make a difference somewhere? Um, you know, I think I think ultimately like Frank Clark and probably Ngakwe. Leonard Floyd maybe as well. I think certainly those three, I mean, there's probably more on there. Dunlap, I think he's probably aging out a bit now, to be honest. <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm not sure I'd be that bothered about having him. <clears throat> yeah, he got, he got his playoff sack, right, and now, now he can... Exactly, and he's got his ring now. He was on yeah. the team, wasn't he? So, yes. But yeah, as I say, I, I'm not sure I'd be wanting Dunlap at, at this stage, but I certainly think there's some of them that have still got some juice now, you know, most of these are probably just pass, pass rush specialists. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're not going to be on the field all kind of three, four downs or whatever. But certainly if you need some juice off the edge, you know, and you need them to come in and do some things on third down, I think there's a few of them on there that, could, that can do that. I think the problem for them is that there's still so many out there, you know. So yeah, you're not going to get, especially at this stage, you're probably not going to get, you know, a load of money that, that you want really they, they've got to hope that a contender either has someone go down or that you know they think oh we just need this one final piece you know to give us a little bit of extra help on, on and juice on third down you know and, and is going to pick them up um you know ultimately i suspect a few of them will be on a team you know by the by the start of the the new season and i think injuries is going to have a big factor there I just think people yeah. are probably not too fussed about making that move just yet. I do think Yannick Ngokwe did say he wants to be on a team, but he doesn't want to do the off-season programme. So he's mm. personally not signing with anyone yet. <laughs> so, you know, fine. You know, you've done it for well, so many years, you don't want to do, yeah. you don't want to do it. So I suspect he may end up on a team somewhere. I mean, he's been on, has he been on every t- every NFL team now? He's been seemed to be on quite a few yeah. different teams, either traded or as a free agent. So... I'm sure he'll land somewhere and get a, a sack or two on the season like he kind of does. Um, but, yeah, as I say, I think they will ultimately be on teams um, at some point before the start of the season. But I just don't think teams are in a rush at the moment. I think they're happy to kind of see what they've got during the OTAs, you know, in the off-season programme and then slot these yeah. guys in where they feel there's a need. Yeah, I think it'll be almost like we had with the Eagles last year. This had like in Dominica and Sue, right, last year, just like out of nowhere. And you're like, mm. you don't really need him, but like that's a real nice, like you could see like Leonard Floyd going to like the 49ers or something, right? You're like, oh, you don't need him, but like that's a nice, like that's nice, like sort of like a team that's already really strong, just adding in another leader, adding in another piece and yeah, going for it that way. And that might be like a team like that, a, a Super Bowl potential that's maybe where a lot of these guys are going to go and people are going to forever fall in love with, with Clowney. I don't care what anyone says that guy, that combine and that college history, like people are always going to give that guy a shot. I think he's just. Surely enough teams have to get burned for, for them to finally say, we're not going to bother anymore. Nah, keep going. (laughs) Keep going. He's going to end up on the chiefs and I'm going to get excited about it. Like that's, that's going to happen. And then he'll get injured and that'll be the end of his season. And then he goes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But you know, good, good on him. He's made a lot more money than maybe he, maybe he should have, but the guys, the guys got a lot of time. I feel a little bit sorry for him sometimes. And speaking of feeling sorry for some people, there's nothing sorrier than seeing a running back at the end of their legs. And we got, we got three here that are still free agents. They will end up on a team. 
Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, and Leonard Fournette still out there. Rumored one of these guys going to the Bengals of all places, right? I've seen a couple of these guys rumored to go over to your Bengals team. Do you see these guys making a difference anywhere or are they just going to be there? Um, look, you know, I, I think all of them really do have kind of a, a bit of a third down kind yeah. of usefulness. You know, we've seen Zeke as, as quite a reasonable, you know, blocking running back. <laughs> Not the last time I saw Zeke. Okay. He wasn't well, blocking when, anyone. When you're the sole O-line man, you know, <laughs> you really got much of a, you know, chance, let's face it. Yeah, that's you know, But generally, on a normal play, you know, we have seen that he can he can pass protect, you know, can block, and, you know, he, he can receive. So I think as Zeke is no longer a three-down back, you know. We all know that, but he can still get these kind of short yardage, you know, plow through one or two yards or whatever. So I do think there is kind of a use for him. The question is with all of these, have they come to the realization that that is kind of their role on a team now? Mm. You know, I think it's difficult when you've particularly for for probably Zeke, who's been on the same team the whole of his career and has been paid so much and has been one of the focal points of that team, you know, him and Dak were in the same year, you know, rookie year. They kind of, you know, grew up on that team together. And I think probably, you know, a lot of the supporters of that team see, you know, Dak and Zeke as kind of, you know, the what yeah. were kind of the, the focal points of that team. So I think it must be really tough for him to then realise that actually no longer can I do the role that I was so central you know, in and for that team. So I don't know what he thinks he is anymore, but I think for yeah. him to get on the team and not actually contribute, I think he has to realise that he's no longer going to be, you know, the, the number one guy. He is going to be a complimentary back who potentially comes in sparingly, you know, at the goal line when you only need one or two yards or yeah. In, on third downs when either you need one or two yards or in these passing situations where you can do some blocking. And I think probably all of these guys have to realise that, that they are not going to be the RB1s on their team anymore. Um, and I think that is the only way that they're going to get jobs. If they don't want to realise that, then I think they're going to be out of the NFL. Yeah. Um, if they're willing to accept that and potentially take a vet min salary, then I think they could go somewhere... I don't know. I don't think any of them will end up on the Bengals at this stage, but I don't know. I think they want to see what they've got in like Travion Williams and things. I think if yeah. if he's not up to the task, then they might have to look to get one of these in there just because we need that P. Ryan role, really. Like, unfortunately, Mixon just can't pass block. He just can't. No. So although he is, you know, a pretty good receiver... Or he was in college, certainly. We've never used him as as such. And I think we're probably wasting him a little bit there. You know, I think we need someone that comes on in those third downs. And and I think we need to see what we've got. But ultimately, I'd, I'd be surprised if any of them end up on the Bengals, to be honest. Where do you think or where do you see any of them going? Yeah, so there are real interesting, like, three because... There's not one spot where I'm like, oh, Zeke would go there, but Fournette wouldn't or Hunt wouldn't. I think all three of them, you're right, they, they will play a similar 
kind mm-hmm. of, of role, similar kind of purpose. I mean, all three of them would probably go to the Seahawks, right? Pete Carroll does, yeah. like, sign all of them. Many running backs. You never have too many, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's his philosophy. But I imagine – I would, you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if Zeke ends up back in the Cowboys, you know? No, I, I totally was thinking that. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, so I think I could see him going there. Lenny and, and Kareem Hunt. I mean, Kareem Hunt could end up. Could he end up back in the Kansas City Chiefs, or was the bridge burned there? They did cut him for his sort of his domestic abuse issues, but he's different, different time. He could end up back there, but I think Jerick McKinnon's got that role on lockdown. I don't see the real point for it for Kareem Hunt coming in there. I don't know. There's there's not a huge amount of teams where I'm like, oh, they really like are are lacking in, in a running back. A lot of these teams have got quite a few running backs that you're like, oh, yeah, they're quite good, Like, or I quite like them. Tampa Bay don't really have... Zeke, Zeke could be interesting for Tampa Bay. Kareem Hunt could be interesting for Tampa Bay because they've only got Rashad White, and I know in the fantasy community people love Rashad White, but Rashad White has been less than productive. His, his average yards per rush is atrocious. His average yards per catch is also atrocious. I don't know how well he can block, but... I don't see them going into the season with Rashad White being their number one only guy. I know they did also sign Sean Tucker, but there's a lot of question marks with Tucker as well. So I would, if I was going to pick one spot for them, I would say Tampa Bay will sign one of these guys. Maybe, maybe it's just Fournette again. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think if they were going to have Fournette back, they'd have had him back by now. But I don't know. You know, yeah. I think ultimately injuries. I think is going to you know, ultimately, I think, decide where these guys go now at this stage. You know, I think if people were interested in them, I don't know, maybe they want more money or whatever, but I'd have thought they would have signed somewhere by now. Um, so I think injuries are probably going to decide where they end up, but I wouldn't be surprised if Zeke was back on the Cowboys as well. Yeah, I think that's the one I'm sort of most, that would be my most confident take out of the three is, is Zeke will end up back on the Cowboys and Hopefully then, you know, for Tony Pollard's sake, they're not feeling as much pressure to always use him because he's not on that same contract. But it would just make sense for him. He's lived there for so long as well. Like, I don't imagine he really wants to uproot his whole family and move somewhere else if there is an option to stay. Unless someone's going to offer him money, which by now they're not because they would have already. It just makes sense to me that, that Zeke ends up back there, so... We'll have to wait and wait and see what happens. And I'm sure we'll find out in the coming weeks where these players end up and see if we got any of these landing spots right. Who knows? But this is a fun little chat looking at what's to come and, and what's already happening in free agency. Uh, Hannah, pleasure as always. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you go follow us at the Wildcard Rewind and you're following the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast Network on YouTube and on Twitter and all that good stuff. Hey, if you've made it 55 minutes in, you can do all that good stuff for us, I'm sure. But uh, from me and Hannah and Paul, who's too lazy to be here, we'll see you next week. Bye.